Hello and welcome to Supercoach Insider, episode seven, focusing on Geelong today. Probably one of the most anticipated uh, podcasts that we're going to be doing in the near future. I know I'm excited. Oh, <laughs> so I am Ben, and this is Chris, and we are Supercoach Insider. Excellent. Um, look, feel free to uh, get us on the socials as well. Yep, so we're at, um, on Twitter, we are SC underscore Insider underscore, and Facebook, facebook.com forward slash SC Insider. Yeah, so this one's going to be probably a little bit longer than uh, than a lot of the other ones. Uh, Geelong are just filled with guns, and they're a little bit unknown, um, so they're probably a little bit back and forth as well. We, we do differ uh, quite highly with certain picks. We do, but look, we took some time from the back end of Fremantle, and we thought we'll just stick <laughs> yeah. it on to the... Uh, the rear of Geelong. <laughs> yeah, right. And and let's be honest, um, there's just so much depth and so much unknown that um, I think this is the one that people will look for to make their biggest decision of their super coach, especially standard. Yep. Um, and there will be disagreements. I mean, I've seen Chris here's got uh, he's had multiple sides, I think, without danger in it, and I'm one that's for Dangerfield. And if you look at uh, any of the teams that are out there in the community right now, it's do they start with danger? Do they don't start with danger? Yeah. And at the at the point at the moment, I think Dangerfield's in thirty five percent of sides, which is incredibly low. Yeah. For someone of danger's quality, if he comes out AFLX and starts having a blinder or JLT, then people will literally jump to fifty five percent. I'm I'm scared about that. Um, well, I mean, will Ablett even play in the JLT and and AFLX? I mean. I'm not sure about I don't know. I don't know if they're going to turn out run round one in a completely different outfit than what they started in the JLT. Ablett's going to take up like a journalism role in the uh, <laughs> sure just, just taking notes, yeah, just talking about notes. how good Geelong is. He, he's not even the greatest uh, player of all time, so he'd probably just sit on the sideline, right? I actually think he'll be there with a bag of salt. <laughs> just shoveling just salt, salt out at the Suns fans. <laughs> oh, good on him. He's made his money, mate. That's That's for sure. Um, but look, I suppose let's just get into the nitty gritty, um, into Dangerfield. We have probably gone a little bit over into in depth about this. Um, and how I've really broken this down is, is three reasons to pick danger and three reasons not to pick danger. And number one that Chris has for not picking danger is your name is Chris. That's, <laughs> yes, that's awesome. Look, I'll be honest. I've had danger in my squ- in my team for the last three years. Um, about well, four years, I think, uh, without fail as my number one lock selection. So, this will be interesting for me. I'm hopefully starting without him. Mate, he's been in and out of your side more <laughs> than you've been in and out of Centrelink getting your, getting, <laughs> getting, getting your payments. I'm, I'm not on the doll. Just a sidebar. That was that was a, a harsh burn, but a burn nonetheless. And I'll take it on board. Well, that was the safer of the two options <laughs> running through true. my head. All right, I, so no, I'll, just, I'll get mine back later when uh, when Dana starts sputting it yeah, up. Yeah, you'll get yours oh. back in two weeks' time Jeez. when it's payday. Yeah, right. He oh, <laughs> <laughs> goes again for the shot. <laughs> All right, hit me. Dangerfield, okay, three Dangerfield. reasons, three reasons. But first thing, other people's purple patches are his normal patches. So this is a run that started last year from round nine, right? So he has a rash. Yes, that's true. Uh, 151, 163, 149, bye. 141, 145, 196, 165, 141, 142. In a row, back to back. Like, that's unheard of. It's insane. Like, the only person close to that is Ablett three years ago or four years ago when he was at his absolute peak. Yep, and I put um, this up on Twitter earlier. I mean, like I said, he had 15 games of 135 plus, which is what you want as a captain. Uh, he only dropped under 100 two times. 
Um, not to mention one interesting stat that I haven't seen much uh, sort of publicized out there that he actually averaged 151 versus top eight sides. Yeah. So insane. not only does he get on the park, but he really dominates. Since yep. 2015, he's had 41 games of 120 plus. It's just, there's literally. And oh, you want me not to pick him. Oh, oh mate, I've got reasons. Oh, you wait. Um, <laughs> coupled with that, after that run of uh, ridiculous purple patch, he then had a down game of 108 and then finished the year with 141, 146, and 163 in the Super Coach Finals. So, yes, amazing. Number one, I understand his stats are insane. If price wasn't an issue, and let's just say Dangerfield wasn't priced at 749.8K, I mean, why don't they just make it 750? I mean, why the tease? <laughs> They're trying to make him, what, 20 grand cheaper? Mr. 750, I think, has a better ring. You're yeah, right. Mr. 750. <laughs> um, look, and he, he also, okay, so historically starts um, the year real, really well. So even last year in the down part of his year, um, he started the first three rounds with 138, 140, 138. Um, and the previous year was 162, 66, 166. Um, so if you think that he's dropping in the first few rounds and can drop to below seven, 700K, I don't think that's, that's likely to happen. The other in the issue, scenario that I choose danger. And the other issue is, is that even if he does drop like minusculely, you're still going to have to find that cash to put him in yeah, your side. We're, we're, unless you just have a kitty of unknown cash and, I, I, you would literally have to start with a subpar squad to be able to get him in if he goes big on the off chance that he has a few down games early. So it's um, it's tough. Reason number three for danger, because of his form, and this ties in, very, very, very rarely is he below 600K, uh, which does make him really hard to upgrade to. In 2016, he went sub 600K in the last round of the season. Literally the last round, which makes him literally useless. Well, perfect. At SC. Perfect time to pick him up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The last round of the. We've comp. just missed him for the entire year dominating the comp, but whatever. We'll pick him up in the last round. Um, and this is a very off thing for Danger, but in last year he had a form dip from round four to eight before that big run, where he did have a score of one score of sixty five, and he dropped to five hundred and sixty k. So you'd be banking on that to be able to get him into your squad. And unfortunately, here's the problem: you don't know when that's going to be. If it's at a time when you can upgrade, great. You've got to still have the ability to have a step up player and a downgrade target to be able to get to him. So yep. you'll look like even a, two trades. You look like a genius. Trades. You'll look like a genius, or you'll look like the Mad Hatter. Yeah. Uh, either way, stick to your decision. If you if you're going to pick him, know your reasons why. And if yep. you're not going to pick him, have a have a backup plan as to how you're going to get him in, and know your reasons why you didn't start him. So if he starts yep. off with a blinder, then look, you can say, look, I didn't start him for these reasons, and then just kind of hope like hell that you can get him in as soon as possible. Yeah. And look, at the end of the day. In that scenario where you pick him, the 150K that you may uh, pick up as a bonus and put into somewhere else is probably not worth it unless you may be going for a league win and points don't matter. So if you're, um, if you're literally going for overall, um, then you, I think you kind of have to start danger just from that fact. But if you are going just for league win, you've got the flexibility to be able to, you know, maybe pick him up at a later date as long as not every, if only 35% have him, then that's a third of everyone's leagues. Yeah, three more percent so, have uh, Dustin Martin, but which is silly. I wonder but, if there's a draft, uh, like a comp out there, the standard comp, but for league wins, if it's uh, whose line is it anyway, if that's the name <laughs> the, of it. And the points, where don't, the points matter. don't matter. Yeah, yeah it's all good. Um, see, me, I'm, I'm, I like overall. I go for overall win. Um, and I've been more going for the league. High. Yeah. But that's changing. I want to, I want to increase yeah. my overall. So it's, it will be tough for me to start without him. And I'm not saying it's not going to be. I think everyone's in the same boat. 
There's the, and the thing is, and here's the number one reason why Danger shouldn't be in your team, um, is that he is priced at 749k, which is the highest ever in SC history. Um, he will have a dip in price. Now, it may not be um, straight away. It may be through the season. It may not get to 650k, it, it, but it will be a dip. So he is premium priced, and it's ridiculous what his price point is right now. Yeah. Like it's that's stupid. It's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> that again with the pun. That was good. Yeah. So look, he will definitely dip in price, but he's not going to, he probably won't be under 700 for very long. And if he dips below 600, then, oh, wow. Um, if he drops in price, whoever doesn't have him will have him. And then even still, it's a mute point. Yeah, that's true. Um, if, if it gets to that point, he's no longer an advantage to have him because everyone will have him. Correct. So starting with him will put you ahead if he goes big. And that's and the only question. If- yeah. If and only if. And there comes the big one, which is Gary Ablett. How much of an impact does a Gary Ablett have on Danger and his scoring? And we won't know that ever. Like, there's no way to tell in the JLT. I don't know if even Ablett will play JLT. Um, traditionally, I mean, he's, he's not playing as many games as he did. Um, they want to use them basically switching roles. You know, someone's forward, someone's in midfield, or they're, they're both in midfield together. Yeah. I mean, um, Chris Scott came out saying, look, you know, we're not bringing in Ablett to play forward. He's a midfielder and he's an elite midfielder. But I don't think you bring in an Ablett and change Danger's role. I think they're different players. I think Ablett will complement Danger. Sure, he might take some of the points, but I think it's more... I'd be more worried about the fringe players, the other yeah. midfielders, the ones Selwood. that are, the ones that would normally get the ball off danger or give the ball to danger because Ablett will be in yeah. there taking those points. Yeah, I'm I'm talking to you know Menegola, I'm talking to Mitch Duncan, I'm talking to Joel Selwood. Those guys should be shaking in their boots in terms of yeah. how much they're going to be scoring this year. So. I think Selwood will probably make up for a little bit in tackles and other other sort yeah, of areas. But he can win his own ball. Yeah, he can win his own ball. But yes, more of those other ones. I think um, they'll push some more on the outside. Duncan. What I'm excited. Out from that though is let's say they do. T- I mean, when was the last time that Abbott wasn't tagged? I, d- I don't re- like it, when he was playing at the Suns. He was tagged every single week. If you don't tag Abbott, he scores 160 super coach. And if you do tag Abbott, he still gets he still gets 40 disposals. He might get 30 and two goals, and it's it's better off that he gets 30 and two goals rather than 50 and absolutely kills you. So um, it will be. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it'll be fun to watch. These two are going to rip up the comp like it's going out of fashion. But I'm. I don't know what impact that has and the uncertainty coupled with the 750K is a little bit too much for me at this point. I'm hoping that they don't work it out early and he drops to just over 600K and I might pick him up. Um, yeah, I don't know, like maybe first round of upgrades. Oh, dude, you'd have to have... So here's what you need to get there. You have to have a stepping stone player. So you've got to have a mid that was probably around that 500K. Well, I think Canelio is a good one as yeah. a stepping stone because GWS, which we'll get to, have such an easy, easy start run. to the year. Yep. So he could very well jump up 100 to 150K. Yep. Get you that extra points, downgrade a player, and then you can get to that 650K mark when, when danger's at that price. Um, I might write that down. So definitely it's a, it's able to be done. It just depends on how you want to do it, whether or not you're going for overall and how much impact you think uh, Gary has. And some luck. The other thing that I'll say um, is point gainer. So the only other reason why I would uh, not pick danger is how much extra points you can pick up by not having danger. So this is a big thing this year because a lot of people with danger are going with five premium mids, three rookies and your bench. If you get an extra premium mid because you don't have danger and maybe you go nick nap and gaunt and you get another 150k there, bang, there's another premium midfielder at 500k, like a Crips. 
um, or, or someone of that ilk, that at that point difference could actually bridge the gap. I'm not saying it will, but let's say you have, um, let's say you go with Pendles over Danger. So there's what, 170,000, 70K. Pendles is averaging 115, which is definitely able to be done by that. Danger averages 125, which is 10 points less. That means effectively over the season, you lose 220 points in the year. Not Captaincy. Cannon, not cannon captain. Ooh. However, Rookie era. let's say you captain Tom Mitchell and, you know, you, let's say you're losing 30 points per game at an absolute maximum. So it's, you know, it's not going to be that big of a difference. If he's averaging 125 and you get 250 out of that, yeah, it depends. If he's going big, then that's completely different. You're, you're screwed. But if he only come, if he comes down 10 points per game, which is feasible, he could still average 125, have a good year with Abbott in the, in the team. But do you think he's going to be really averaging 136 again? Well, I reckon he could hit 130. But even still, I think, yeah. You so, know. you're at that point gainer mark. So, a penalty average, which is, what, 15 points above his average, let's say. And then you go to, um, let's say you go Jake Lloyd to Elliot Yo, Or you go Devin Smith to Toby Green. Or, you know, you get that next tier from your speculative picks. The point gained could be actually more. So, if you work out what you have and where your weaknesses are, and it works out that by changing danger for a, another premium at, in two different spots, that could be an advantage. Well, I think for some of you listening out there, I think if you don't have a calculator, looks like you might need to buy one. <laughs> uh, Chris can probably tweet out where he gets his from because they're highly inflated. <laughs> Pendles is going to average 115. Either way, your maths, it's like t- <laughs> it's like tomatoes and oranges. Well, like- yeah, I like oranges and tomatoes. Well, you can join Tom Bell cutting them up at half time <laughs> for those that didn't miss the, uh, the last podcast or two. And look, that, that's essentially it. So if, if, if the loss of danger is going to be equivalent to the gain that you get in other spots, then that's it. He it does have that added bonus of being that permanent perma captain, of course. Um, but if he's only averaging 125, then Fife could probably get you those points. Well, here's what for I think 150K less. Not so much on danger at the moment, but what I'm wondering more is Ablett, where he sits in yeah. draft, because. This oh. is a man who who's probably in the top four or five as far as averages go, but he only played about fifteen games. Yeah. So you know, Gary Ablett averaged one fourteen point eight, played fourteen games. So he's up there as far as averages when people look at it. But last yeah. year, I think it's his lowest average in like seven years or something stupid like it. But even in yeah. last year's draft, he slid to pick seven or eight. Um, yep. And I see more people letting him slide because they don't want a captain that only plays for a handful of games, which leaves a lot to be uh, un- a lot unknown. And I could see him almost slipping to the end of the first or start of the second. Yeah, I mean he he won't get past ten. I I, I think that well, his- Pendlebury, Crouch, and Ablett. You can't keep saying they're all going to get to the back end. Well, that's that's where you're all right with the pick. I hope out. you have the biggest dilemma of possible. All three of them available. Look, there is a problem there because it, uh, it comes to, if it comes to me at at pick ten, um, I can't let him go through to the keeper. I can't let Ben have. Uh, danger and Pendle, and sorry, danger and Ablett. That's 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 a deadly combo. I'll take danger and Pendles or danger yeah. and. Well, you're going to uh, get a good second pick for sure. But I'm, I think that he will go probably top five. If not, um, he'll go late in the first round in the in the first ten picks. Um, yeah, it's crazy about Ablett. I, I, I'm. Do you know the the ownership percentage of of Ablett? No, but give me a moment. I think it's it'll be very very low. Um, I don't think anyone's going to start with him for the same reason. You can't start both. Um, Danger and Fife, um, sorry, Danger and Ablett, you can't start Fife and Lockheed. 6.2%. 6.2%. So the first time he's really been unique, I think, in the last 11 years. 
Um, and in the last 11 years, he has not averaged less than 114. That is insane. Um, yes, he's older. Yes, he gets niggling injuries. Um, but he still played 15 games last year and pumped out a fairly decent score. In a, and a, the guy can go 200. Um, he's got a ceiling higher than anyone. He's going to get tagged less than he's ever been tagged in a midfield that's going to dominate possession. Yeah, um, and he's not normally unique. I mean, there's a lot of bald people out there. Yeah, I just don't understand. Like, if you if you don't tag Gary Ablett, you're asking for trouble. Like, that was over your head. Sorry, I was I was focused. <laughs> over the head <laughs> of hair. We'll, we'll, we'll revisit that later. Sidebar. Um, but it, uncertainty is killing him. I think he's a great POD. I think you know, getting Ablett at a decent price could really be good this year. Yeah, but six thirty one k. That's that's too much for me. Well, if you're looking at someone, let's say you don't pick up Danger and you pick up Ablett is set as the POD. You know, I think that definitely Ablett has the potential to go bigger this year, but just unfortunately with less games. See, I so, made that mistake a couple of years ago when I picked Silwood instead of Dangerfield. Yeah, well, that was that was you being an idiot, <laughs> and uh, I think we'll probably leave that one there. Who does that? What a rook, Captain Rook over here. Uh, and um, yeah, so look, I, I actually like Ablett as a POD. Um, I'm probably not going to pick him because for my first captain choice, I want um, someone who's going to play 22 games, and, and it's probably going to be Tom Mitchell. Um, but we'll see how we go. Um, Selwood. So this, I think, really does impact Selwood. I mean. Yes, he scores his points differently, and I think that that midfield three is probably oh, easily the strongest midfield three in the league. Yep, and I've never picked Selwood. Usually, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a cousin. He only kept picking him for no reason all the time. No, I might have been Selwood with uh, danger, but um, yeah, look, he's five five sixty two k, and the, I mean the knock against that price point is that there's just so much value around that price for midfield. Um, plus, you're going to have either one of Ablett or, or Danger. Add that into the mix. They also share the the same buy as, um, which is the, the buy from Hell round, round fourteen. 14. Um, so maybe the plan is Ablett post round fourteen for those, or Danger post round fourteen. So those are two options for you. But I don't think you can pick Selwood this year at all. Yeah. Um, I think that you're really selling yourself short. There's too uns too much uncertainty about him. I mean, his first five games of last season were really good. You know, 106, 128, 121, 110, 154. And then he goes on to average uh, 102. And it, it, that's his lowest turnout in just under yeah. 10 years. I, I kind so. of put him around the, the Sloan sort of category, except um, Sloan's probably higher in the rankings in his mids. But, yeah. I mean, you know, Silwood ended up getting knocked out for three this year. So when you look at the paper, only averages, what, 102.2. Uh, if you take that game aside where he got knocked out, his actual average is 108. Yep. But, and that's not too bad, but again, you know, the Yablet factor is really going to be yet to be seen. So you're either going to uh, make a decision and, and, you know, really follow through and get the, the rewards from that, or you're going to pick somebody and you're going to yeah, get hurt on the back end. I'm just really, I, I, I'm actually fearing like AFL football at this point. Like, could you imagine you're Ben Cunnington and you walk up to the center square and you've got Selwood, Ablett, Dangerfield against you. And then Duncan just waiting on the outside. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's um, it's not. It won't be fun for opposition midfields. They're not going to know what hit them, and it's going to be really interesting to watch and how it does it. I can tell you the one person that would be really sad by that setup would be um, Lockie Hunter. 
<laughs> There's no more seagulling. <laughs> well, if he, he just wishes he was in Geelong to seagull the outside. Oh, yeah, that. dude. It would be ultimate seagull chips. I mean, look, I'm, I don't know where uh, you talk about outside players. Um, Mitch Duncan, you know, I don't know where he fits in now. I mean, he had a, an absolute standout year in Supercoach. I know you picked him up in draft for peanuts last year. Um, and he went 109.8. So great year. Yeah. And he's probably the one that really suffers the most. Um, I know they do love his kicking. I know they love getting the ball in his hand. He's got great delivery into the forward line, but it's, it's the amount of possessions that he can now get, um, in that midfield that's going to really hurt him. Um, he's probably overpriced. I think he's going to be a value draft selection. I think he will still average maybe around that 100, maybe 105. But from last year, I was all on the Duncan train. Yeah, this is going to be great. To now, it's I think that's probably his cap in the current setup. Yeah, all it takes is one less sort of um, possession inside in the contest, one more outside, um, yep. one less tackle because he might be a little bit further away from it. You know, it's just those little things. He would yeah. just probably dip in that, that smidge. I mean, he had 14 tons last year and five scores in the 90s. So he's consistent. Um, but with the uncertainty again, I just, I'm not sure where he is. Um, he would have to be oh, I'm clutching at straws for maybe a POD late in the season if you because of the, the great run they have in the finals. Well, he's owned in 0.5. Yeah. Um, or, you know, it's a great uh, potential upgrade at that point um, and a draft selection. But he probably, again, will go early because people don't think. Um, so you're probably not going to pick him up as your third midfielder, which is probably – you reckon that's where he probably sits as a, as a third mid? Yep. Yep. Um, now, the interesting one here is with that improve of the midfield, Zach Smith, what are your thoughts early? Zach Smith, I think it's same as same old as far as he goes. I mean, he's definitely shown a lot of improvement. Uh, I mean, you look at his averages, it's, it went up in this year gone, so 90.7. Uh, the yep. year before that, 74. And then uh, I think it was about 57 before that. So, I mean, he was definitely highly rated at Gold Coast, very agile. He's definitely put on, um, you know, some beefcake status since he's gotten there, so a bit more size. Yep. I don't know what it is with Geelong and their big boys, hey, but, yeah, they're definitely big and, and strong, and I think he's very agile. So, I think, look... I, I think he complements their midfield really well. I think he jumps jumps at the ball. He can get the ball clear. So, you know, you've got someone like um, Danger and Abbott with pace to burn. He can get the ball clear to those on the run. And that's something that, um, you know, someone like your Nat is a, is a pro at, you know, getting that, that hit out to advantage that's outside the zone. Um, I actually really like Zach Smith. The problem is, again, he's by, but um, he, he was 501K, which makes him unfortunately more expensive than Gorn and Nick Nat. Um, and he literally came out and said he wants to be the best Ruckman in the comp, which I'm, I'm sure everybody wants to be. Um, but he had, you know, six years averaging between 17, 70 and 80. And then last year he played 18 games averaging 91. Uh, an indirect in, injury affected score of 37 and uh, 44 in his return game. Take those two games out, and he actually averaged 98. Um, so he's he's got a, he's got the potential to go high. Um, his last eight games of the year, he averaged 99.5, um, and he does have that ability to go high if he needs to. The problem is again, he's he's teetering at that point where he's almost a premium and almost going to break out in in ruck. But he also has a buy that you can't really select him in. So for me, it's a no based on that. But I can see why people would see him as a as a as a POD ruck when everyone's going right up, you know, Gorn, Nick Nat, etc. Yeah, um, and all his points will be siphoned off to Ablett. Yeah, I mean you've got the best midfield in the comp underneath you. I mean surely he's got to increase from that. 
Um, but how much and is that uh, a point gain worth not having him in round 14? Yeah. Well, I, Smith's I'm owned sure. by 0.47% of teams, so definitely not on many people's radars. Yeah. But it should be. He should be someone that you actually look at. And um, I think that that's the one of my targets for in, in the ruck. Uh, for draft 100%. I will 100% be looking for Smith if I get, if it comes to a late selection, I can pick him up. So, um, I'm hoping no one else listens to this. So, especially Ben, because he won't want Smith, right? No, I don't want Smith. <laughs> um, Zach Tui, what are your uh, thoughts on um, on his abilities? Look, I thought he had a very impressive um, year last year, considering, came from Carlton. Um, he has said that they want to push him up a little bit more on the ball, yeah. so maybe a little bit more sure midfield, a sure little money. bit more forward. Yeah. But again, he's playing with the midfield. Yeah. yeah. Inverted brackets. Um, <laughs> look, let's just see where he where he goes with that one. But uh, look, you're the one that had him in uh, draft oh, yeah. and standard, so you're probably the the one to. Yeah. Look, I mean, last year I I really got on board. I had him in both. Um, the JLT blew me away, and he hit some one twenties and one thirties, and I thought, wow, this guy's going to break out. Um, role change, new club, someone that can use his actual elite kicking skills. Fantastic. And it was sort of, I don't know, I was a little bit there here and there. Um, yes, he, he cracked a ton. He actually hit seven tons, uh, but he hit a high of 116. So his JLT performances were better than anything that he did in the actual season. Um, and then, of course, he loves to handball rather than kick for no reason. Like, and he's got such a long kick. I don't know why he doesn't trust himself. Maybe it's his decision-making and maybe that that's what they've tried to get out of his game because at Carlton he did make some um, silly decisions at times. But um, I really hate it when he had the ball and he had an option to kick and he handballed. And that maybe that's the Geelong game plan, but it really annoyed the hell out of me for a guy with such good kicking why he was handballing so much. Um, for me, he is a little bit of a seagull. He does sit behind. He's probably not really a lockdown defender anymore, and they do look for him, but uh, just not a starter for me. I don't think you can, after last year, I don't think there's anything that's changed that's going to be enable him to go better. Um, draft target, yes. I think that he uh, he may. Um, I think he averaged 88 last year. 88.1. Yeah, um, he should hold value pretty well. Yeah. So he was probably around there. That's what you pay for. If, he, if he's anything, he's your D4. Outside of that, I don't think he's worth selecting in standard. Yeah, I don't see him pushing the high, you know, mid to high 90s yeah. uh, in standard. So yeah, for me, he'll probably that's go no. off in the JLT and then everyone will get him to jump on board again and la, la, well, la. Well, it's 5.5% already on. Uh, yeah, and that's 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 amazing. I, I, I can't believe that. I mean, what I'd like to see in my in the perfect world in, would be Duncan getting behind the ball um, and really pushing through the wing and, and into the forward line because uh, I I think that he's that upgrade on, um, on Tui. Uh, possibly without the defensive attributes, but um, wouldn't you love to see him behind the ball? Oh, I'd like to see him anywhere. <laughs> yeah, get just three like, of them. Get yeah. three of them out there. Just um, uh, look. The last one that we'll touch on, and this is just really a buy beware. To be honest, um, is Sam Manigola. I just think you you just got to put a big cross right through Manigola in terms of his ability this year. I think that he's um, outside of Duncan, he will cop the most. He's not going to get any midfield time, if at all. So we're going to be forward of the ball. Um, if that, uh, he may not even make t- twenty-two. I'm, I'm not sure where he sits. Well, he played. He was emergency for a few games last year. Uh, when he played, he scored well. So he kind of struggled in for the first part. Look, I'm, I'm not too sure. I'm not too set on him. I know a lot of people have him in their teams. Um, so if you just look at the stats, you're looking at Menangola, owned by you know, 9.5%. So it's Whoa, not too bad. That's insane. Um, and, how, and what is he? He must be the highest. He's the highest averaging cost. forward and cost for a forward. No way. Um, so some interesting stats. I'll put this up what, on Twitter that previously. That 10% of you 
rethink your super coach year. Just saying. <laughs> or, or don't, you know, we are, we are equal, I mean, equal we opportunity. Like, we like people just like, yeah, I'm just saying, I'm just trying to help you out. I'm just trying to help brother out. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. So look, he averaged 91.38. I put this on Twitter not too long ago when Danger and Selwood were playing. So, you know, he still might do okay as a forward, but not as the 100 average you expect. Uh, when one of them was missing, he averaged 119.8. So you're looking at some really big scores. Now you have Ablett coming into the mix. So what does that mean? Possibly less midfield time, less rotation, and you might play that forward. And everyone's like, look, you might you probably still score well as a forward, but at the same time... Price, 550K. Yeah, 550, there's yeah. better value elsewhere. For someone who might average a 90, and he's probably going to have some low games still. For me, especially with that buy that they have, it's a pass at this stage. I might try and bring him in later on. Uh, hopefully he has a, a good yeah, run. back end. Or if someone gets injured, and so would Ablett. he's not going to last in draft either. So, I mean, you know... He'll go third round in draft for no other reason other than his average last year. So I, I, I just put it a line completely. And that, that's him. one of my big peeves, like with super coach in general or people, they always are optimistic. You know, Petrarca's going up, Dago is going up, all these people are going up, and not everyone can go up. There's like only you, so much points. There's in only the game. so many points. So you need to go. Okay, well, if these guys are going up, then who's coming down? Yep. Like your Goddards, all these people that you think, you know what, they might actually not average as much this year. But you have to be optimistic both ways. You yeah. can't. It's and you've not got to all one way. Why someone will do something? There's got to be a reason. Otherwise, you're just guessing. Otherwise, yeah. you're just wearing Trelaw's shoes and one way, <laughs> one, one way, way running. One way. Everyone's going to go better. Now, just a, just a, a quick uh, little bit on mid prices. Um, I don't think there's much value beyond that. But you've got Scooter Selwood. Um, I think that's a late draft selection that you can have a look at. Um, he was going, uh, I think, first three games back, he was averaging over 100 yep. and, and really went quite well. I, I was hoping that he built that off. I had him in, um, I, I did have to do a sideways trade to him um, in the uh, Supercoach Standard year and was really impressed with what he bring. But I think, again, he will suffer from the influx of Vablet. Yeah, I think I think his benefit is, I mean, he averaged 90.7. Uh, he only had 75% time on ground. So I think they kind of nursed him in a little bit. Yeah, and he needed to be nursed because his body just lets him yeah, down constantly. But the thing is that he has going for him is his role. So yeah. if he's going to be giving some attention, because he still gets ball on the opposite end. So if he gives anybody attention, he'll have a permanent role in that midfield to yeah. try and negate some th- of the other players. Yeah, I think that really he's uh, the tagger in the team. And he will, um, and even more so this year than previous years. I, I would love to see them try and free up Selwood, but um, I think that he'll probably be the one getting tagged. I think Scott Selwood will be the one trying to make way for Ablett. To be yeah. honest, I think he'll be the one protecting him because if you know, Ablett gets At, attention, well, and yeah, and Ablett can get attention, whereas Danger will just barrage through anyone. Whereas well, one I thing think- that'll be interesting is if they use the extra man um, at the stoppages as opposed to behind the ball. Because, um, you know, uh, Mr. Scott himself has uh, has done that before with a lot of success. And with his midfield power, that's probably where, if I'm coaching, I'm saying, I've got the best midfield in the comp. Well, why don't I use the extra man where it's going to benefit me most in the midfield? So I'll be surprised. Um, yeah, come and try they, and get the ball. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, here we go. I'm going to use um, Scooter to you know, to make a clear path for a danger or a, uh, or an ablet um, or Selwood's just off the chain because he can. Um, so it will be interesting to see their setup. Um, I am looking forward to it, and I'm I, I, I don't really love Geelong, but I'm going to be watching quite a lot of their games. Um, Quick shout out to my nephew, big Geelong supporter down in Mafra, sort of uh, country Victoria. Excellent. Um, and the other one that I will take a, a look, I'm just going to watch, um, just for a, a jar smoke, is Harry Taylor. Um, he's now going back permanent uh, behind the ball. Um, so it'd be good to, to see him do that. I think that that's where he scored his best points. I don't think he's ever going to get back to his, 
his real heyday of 100 no, plus. More of a bench, or, bench draft. Yeah, just someone to have on the bench that can come in and pinch it for you if you need it. Um, so I'm going to be um, having him. And same with Hawkins. You know, on, the, on his day, he can hit 150. Well, I can't believe Guthrie's still a mid only. <laughs> I mean, he played so much in defense as far as I could see. Uh, and hasn't he fallen away? Like, he only averaged 73.9, 75% yeah. game time. Like, what's his role? Well, I mean, he's, he has to be defense. He's like in, in that fantasy, that just never really made it. You got your Guthrie, or just never had the opportunity. You got your Guthrie, your caddy that obviously got traded to Richmond, um, and now Lang, who's now off on his way to um, to Carlton. Um, well, Guthrie's got the Heppel haircut, sort of growing. <laughs> yeah. He should be hitting hundreds. Um, he's talented. I tell you what, I actually um, I had him smoke as a smoky to go up. I think either last year or the year, year before, um, and I did pick him up in draft and. He, he actually performed really well in the JLT and then went, um, um, so one to watch, but again, it's, I, I don't think you can carry him, but definitely in standard. So definitely for drafts, um, as yep. an option. See, Reese Stanley for me is a bit of a tease. He's averaged 72 to 75 the last three years. You know, someone who definitely needs that role change. Uh, I think Zach Smith came it. in and helped. He could. Well, I'm thinking that they play in permanent forward with Harry Taylor moving him back. Well, um, let's hope so. So, But he's a tease. He's a ruck forward for draft anyway, like, you know, in particular. He could be a good late pick. Um, but, again, wait and see. He's sort of, you know, sort of teased. He did show some potential, but hopefully this is the one year. game last year, he just dominated. I think he got a 150 or something. I'd have to – but I remember just, well, what? where the hell did this come from out of Reece Stanley for some reason? Um, now rookies. Uh, so there's really only one that I'm watching, and if uh, if you are listening to this at home or wherever you are, uh, you probably already have him on your radar, and that's Tim Kelly. Um, so he's one seventeen k. He was second in the Sandover Medal last year, which is the um, uh, the Waffle Best and Fairest um, equivalent of the Brownlow and the Waffle. Um, mature age recruit. I definitely have him in my side at the moment. Um, as a defender. Likewise. And, uh, oh wait, midfielder, is he? Yeah, midfielder. Yeah, sorry. Um, and look, I think that Geelong generally have a really good history of blooding youth and, and giving them game time all the time. Yeah, let me look at Menangola. Yeah. So they use, like, and they like to rotate them. So you probably won't get, you know, 15 games out of someone like a Kelly, but hopefully they put him in for a six or seven game stint. Um, he matures and you can downgrade to someone else. And I think that he probably will play round one, fingers crossed. So um, now hospital ward. So what yep. have you got there? Uh, not too much. So hospital ward. So you had uh, Selwood and Danger. They did play the international rules. Uh, so they had a little bit of a, an ease back in as far as um, back to training. So Selwood was on light duties, but was uh, pretty much ramping up after Christmas as per usual. Yeah, they are professionals, so I expect them to um, yeah really get their body in shape. Uh, the one really one to note is Lockie Henderson. Lockie Henderson had um, a knee surgery and basically limited pre-season, limited preparation, and then he actually had to go in for further surgery and have a clean-up. So you're looking at double the knee surgery. For me, he was really only more of a draft sort of person anyway, what, average 77 uh, and like, what, 80 the year before that, 80 flat maybe. So for me, it's uh, undraft. Never lived be... up to his potential. No. Mm. And even then, he's kind of a floater back there. So he will do okay some games, but hit and miss. So for draft, maybe as a bench, but I wouldn't be picking him at an 80 flat. Uh, but that's pretty much it as far as the hospital ward goes. Like, you know, you're looking at Ablett, keeping an eye on him. He was tipped to play international rules, but he didn't. Um, so look, just keep an eye out basically on some of those older guys. But as far as the the relevant players, um, nothing really to report. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, that rounds that out. Um, breakout potential, I've actually listed here. 
To be honest, I went through the entire Geelong list. There's not one person I can say confidently this person will break out or this person's got potential. I think it's actually quite the opposite. I think there's a lot of people that will go down in average this year. Um, and so it's it's a real buyer beware at Geelong, unfortunately. Um, I'd love to see someone like a Mark Blitzavs actually be used on the ruck um, and off the wing and coming in and actually impacting a game. But ever since they changed the third man up rule in the ruck, he's really suffered. He's probably the number one person that has suffered the most. Yeah, they're hoping he finds some like rejuvenated uh, form. The guy can run. I mean, he's a Olympic Well, that's runner, what they're so. wanting him. They're wanting to use him still in some midfield roles. So I don't know how they keep yeah. telling everyone's going to play midfield, but they want to use his endurance uh, sort of along the wing or to provide that link up because he is tall and he is quick. So to run sort of up the wing and get some midfield time because he, yeah, he's quick and he's tall. He can mark, he can tackle. Uh, so they want to really make it hard for him to be matched up on, yeah. uh, which could work for, in his favor, but again, not really much in Supercoach um, standard relevancy. Um, and then the draft round out. So danger number one. Clearly. He'll he'll go number one. If I can you have the number one guarantee. Pick, I don't think you can go past him because unfortunately, um, the the next picks it sort of falls away from captain choices. Even though with the risk it, risk of Ablett etc. Yeah, I think it's too close between. Yeah, Mitchell and um, Dustin and Fife, they're quite similar. And they're all good players. I'd be happy to have any of them. But at the same time, there's no advantage having one over the other. Uh, Whereas Danger, there is a clear advantage. And even if he does drop slightly, even if he drops to 125. Even if he drops, it might be 125. Well, he's he's averaged, like, what, three years now over 120, basically. Or one was 119.8 and then two... Like big average scores, one thirty six. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I don't think you can turn him down. I think even if he averaged one twenty plus, he'll still be ahead of uh, Tom Mitchell and Dusty. Especially anyway. Dusty. Yeah. yeah. So Fife, only, Fife is the only one. only real other one that you'd go with Fife, and maybe if you're a Freo supporter, you've got uh, a, yep. a bit of blinkers on. And I think Mitchell's consistent, but not consistent enough on the high end. I think Dusty goes high, but then low uh, more often than he should. So he still probably gets you around the same. But he also had a, a year yeah. where he won all the awards known to man. So that's true. Um, I don't. I can't see. Dusty increasing his average anyway. Yeah, so yeah. for me, um, that's Danger the, one. the more interesting one would be Selwood and Ablett, and that's again. Well, where does Ablett go? So anywhere speculative, from, yep. from two to ten, it, it depends on the person yep. that you are. And Menangola will probably go third round along with the best defender. Yep. Um, um, yep. Selwood, I think, is your third mid if you can get value at him because he did only still average 102, so he may pop into that third mid role. Imagine having that. You've got the ability to just jump Joel Selwood into mid three in your draft. I'd love that. Um, Zach Smith again is a, is a guy that I'm looking at. I'm hoping that he falls to that sort of 50 to 80 barrier. So that second or third tier of, of rucks that come through. You can have him at 50. <laughs> Excellent. Sold. And, um, and then we've got your draft options. So, uh, on the back end. So Mitch Duncan, someone I think you can still average about 100, but you probably won't pick him up because someone will take him early. Um, Tui, I think is someone that can add value to your draft defense. Hawkins, Menegola, Selwood. Uh, Blitzarves and Taylor or bench options or your last forward or defender. Yeah. So when we talk draft, we talk about value. So you want to pick them up at um, even or under odds. So when we talk about overs, you don't want to pick up a Menangola at 100 average when you could just let someone else get him and then you pick up someone who could be like a 95 with potential to move up or at a true average. So it's more like don't pick up Goddard averaging 100 thinking he's going to do the same thing when he drops below. So you don't pick overs, try and pick even or unders. Yeah, you got to get value out of your picks, especially if you don't have a great draft pick like myself.
Yes. <laughs> well, to do that, you have to do something crazy. But look, it's been a pleasure. Sorry for the longer than usual episode. It has been packed, obviously, with Geelong, lots of relevant players. Um, but look, it's been a pleasure. Hope you've been enjoying it. Hit us up on the social uh, media. Let us know what you think. Feel free to review as well the podcast if you can. Um, yeah, I know it takes... 30 seconds out of your life, but uh, yeah, it would really help us get their name out there in the community. Or give us a shout out. Like I said, we'll be recording more stuff later in the week, uh, dropping podcasts basically every day. So give us a shout out. We're more than happy to sing out and uh, retweet and enjoy. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thank you. Yeah, you can be the greatest. You can be the best. You can be the King Kong banging on your chest. You can beat the world. You can beat the war. You can talk the guy go banging on his door. You can throw your hands up. You can beat the clock, yeah. you can move a mountain, you can break rocks, you can be a master, don't wait for luck, dedicate yourself and you go find yourself. Standing in the heart.